Evolve Entertainment and The Jeremiah Show proudly present The Kimmy Kato Show with Jeremiah. This is the show about Japanese pop culture, fashion, food, and music. It's brought to you by Kimmy Kato. He has successfully launched international artists such as Ariana Grande, The Black Eyed Peas, Jack Johnson, Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, and Taylor Swift. He has worked with artists like Bon Jovi, Brian Adams, Mariah Carey, U2, and Bruno Mars. He is CEO of Project Asteri, his Los Angeles boutique artist management and label service company. Kimmy Kato is a star maker. And he is your host, The Kimmy Kato Show with Jeremiah. Hey, welcome to the Kimmy Kato Show. Uh, Kimmy Kato is back. Kimmy Kato has been gone for a little while, for a couple weeks. The guy is so busy. Hey, Kimmy, what's happening? Hello. Hi, Jeremiah. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Well, th- you just introduced me. I was going to introduce myself. I'm Jeremiah. I'm, I'm Kimmy's sidekick. I'm taking the journey with him on this show. And we're learning about uh, everything Japanese pop culture and food and talking about so much great stuff, drinks and uh, fashion, music. And uh, I'm just so happy that you're back, Kimmy. I missed you. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, it's great to be back. Um, I've been away for like a couple of weeks, but now, yes. Yeah, can you tell? Was it? Were you on an undisclosed location? I was, no, I was actually <laughs> in Tokyo um, just doing some work, uh, business meetings, um, setting up things for the upcoming year. Uh, hopefully, you know, we do a lot, everything to do with music. Uh, that's what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you see any great? great... Oh, it's good to have you back. I, I, I truly missed you uh, and our talks. They're, they're so, so much fun. Did you see any good music acts while you were out there? I or... actually did. Um, I went to see Shag with Sugizo. Oh, so, you know, our first guest of the show, Sugizo. Uh, he invited me to come see his jam band, Shag. Uh, and then I also went to see one of his collaborations with the classical um, classical team. It was a completely... So Sugizo was... He was performing in a jazz... Uh, a, a jam band. And then him performing in a classical show. It was completely different, but totally amazing. Um, it's just great to see him perform. But yeah. I was looking I, for his violin work and his classical work. Is it under a different band name? I mean, yeah. So no, um, I think he he does collaborations with various other, you know, various classical uh, artists. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a a very interesting, unique classical. What do you call it? It was a it was a string. It's a string group, and Sugizo no, was no, Sugizo was performing as a guest. So they did collaboration. They they did some classical pieces, to to um, uh, rock pieces, covers in classic. So that was amazing. Classical mm. songs covered in classical music style. Mm. Well, I'll have to get some uh, some some tips from you picked out the right stuff to start out with but yeah Sigizo's amazing he was in our uh, in your first episode which was about two or three weeks ago 
Yes. Uh, definitely uh, uh, tell everybody to check that out. Well, I'm excited to talk about our topic today. This is one of my favorites, near and dear to my heart, you know. Uh, what are we talking about, Kimmy? So today, you know, we've been talking about music for a few times now. Um, so I thought we'd talk about films and Japanese films and international films. And I thought I'd bring on a very good friend of mine, uh, Eugene Nomura, to hello. our show today. Hello, hello. How are you, Eugene? Very good, very good. Thank you for coming on our show. No problem. No problem. Um, Very so I'm going to embarrass you for a bit. I'm going to talk about you. Quick bio. <laughs> a rundown of who you are. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. so that our listeners know who, you know, get to know who you are. And so kick back for a bit. Okay. So here is Eugene Nomura, who was born in Tokyo, Japan. He's an actor and a producer. And some of his best known works are Free Guy, Tokyo Vice, an emperor. So after returning to Tokyo, he worked on an award-winning film, 800 Two Lap Runners. He was honored with the Kinema Junpo Best 10 Award for Best New Male Actor and Mainichi Film Award for Best New Actor. Um, just as a side note, the Kinema Junpo Best 10 Award began in 1924, their Best 10 lists are considered to be iconic and prestigious. The Mainichi Film Award is a series of annual film awards sponsored by Mainichi Shimbun, which is one of the largest newspaper companies in Japan. So his acting career began at 14, playing the lead in an award-winning NHK television drama, Kizuna, in 1987. He received a scholarship to the Lee Strasberg Institute and performed at the Actors Studio in New York. Eugene has worked in over 40 films, 50 TV series in Japan, began producing films in, in 2009. His most recent work will be in Tokyo Vice HBO Max, uh, which we will be digging into deeper in a minute. But um, first of all, I wanted to ask you, what are your path to a life of filmmaking? Is there one road or one path for a young filmmaker in Japan? What's my path? Yeah. <laughs> um, How do you think of your life being a filmmaker, an actor, a filmmaker? No, it's, it's been a ride for sure. Um, and working internationally, it's a whole different ball game than just staying in Japan on that island. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, working in a small circle of people, uh, you it is it is a small world. I mean, anywhere you go, um, but I think international because I was raised in the, of American school, and I think people like us that can't speak English that understand the Western culture as well. It's it's people like us that we need to kind of expand and try to make Japan more global in that in many ways. Um, and so I think that's kind of the main path is to globalize that island. <laughs> it's mm, kind wow. of my goal. And, Amazing. And I've been acting for the longest time too. And that's my passion and so I think everything is connected uh, producing is acting is 
I've also done casting. I've, um, mm -hmm. I actually went into acquisitions for a while as well for films. So I've done pretty much all aspects of creating a film, even selling it. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think right, from of... making to selling. Yes, yes. Yeah, was, from yeah, making, a, yeah. casting, financing. I guess everything, right? You've been yeah. through that. Uh, everything but directing. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would be on set. Sometimes I would come with the whiteboard and I'll light somebody. Or, <laughs> you know, that happens too. Um, but I think other than that, yeah. And the selling part was a whole different um, angle that I learned a lot from as well because I was always into the, to the creative side. Mm -hmm. of you know is it real the acting and it came all from the acting and then when you go to acquisitions it's like a whole different ball game it's like oh okay it doesn't matter <laughs> really okay so this this sells and this doesn't kind of a thing so so I, so you, you know you mentioned about and you know i know you that you've you've worked in the japanese music i uh, sorry the japanese film industry and the hollywood film industry and you mentioned a little about being Japan being a small island. What is the biggest difference that you've kind of encountered? Um, I think the, the biggest, difference? the biggest difference. I mean, there's many differences. Well, I'm sure there is. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, like in Japan, there's no unions for actors. Um, a lot of actors in Japan don't train. Um, like actors here. They come from all over the world and they, you know, they study acting, they, you know, people get into the method, they do this, that, you know, like a baseball player practicing baseball every day. Um, but that's not really done in Japan. Um, I think kabuki actors do, <laughs> but most actors don't train in Japan. So that's a whole different ballgame. Um, and so there's many differences, but I think um, the main thing is even with the TV networks, etc., um, they haven't really studied the creative art or how to direct. Or if you ask a Japanese director what an imaginary line is, they'd be like, what is that? Um, hmm. So there's a lot of things that they haven't studied, but that's why there's a lot of good stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons with the Japanese film industry. Uh, we're used to creating films with a lower budget. And finally, that came out in a good way with Godzilla Minus One. They're like, oh my God, you could create a good film with, you know, CGI with that, that you know, so much less of a budget. Um, but I think now it's time for, I think, Japan to become Asia. So, yeah, there's a lot of, lots of differences. Interesting. Um, so, because you were raised by culturally, um, mm. and I, I'm sure that's one that's one of your many assets that you have to being able to uh, bridge the creative and cultural gaps between international and Japan. Um, what are your challenges that you've faced? <laughs> I faced many. <laughs> I am sure you'd have indeed. Yes, um I'm a, I'm actually also quarter Romanian. My dad's half Japanese and half Romanian. He was born in Bucharest. Um and so that's why being in an international school that 
itself is a big difference. Um, when I did my first uh, period, the samurai films, and I went to Kyoto, and that's a whole different environment as well, because they do all the most all the period pieces. And I went, and my head shape is not flat like the Japanese regular Japanese person. The first hmm. thing the makeup person did was hit my head. So what the <laughs> hell's wrong with their head? We're not gonna make a wig to fit that head. You know how much a wig costs? Like, I have no clue. But suddenly getting whacked in the head, I was, I think, 18 or 19, um, you know, and I was like, what the, what's going on? Why am I getting whacked, like hitting the head for? But things like that. Um, and then, so it's, it's always, I think, because Japan has mainly Japanese people and learning learning the lines reading the kanjis uh, you know the mannerisms etc that was a whole different ball game um i had to i think i was more foreign when i started because i had to put i couldn't read all the kanjis uh mm -hmm. like the first audition i went to for um and i didn't even really want to be an actor at the time um but i went i got called in so i went and i had to read this thing and so I asked my tutor to write the furigana, like these uh, hiraganas mm -hmm. next to the Chinese characters. And then I was reading that and I got stuck. And I was meeting my, uh, my friends at the game center <laughs> and I was kind of late. Um, so I was like, ah, I gotta leave. <laughs> and the people were like, what, you're leaving in the middle of the audition? I'm like, yeah, I kind of have to have a... I promised my buddies I'd meet them, so I can't leave them hanging. <laughs> and I just left. Um, because you couldn't read the script? <laughs> no, I was reading it, and I noticed the time. I was like, oh, no, I have to go. <laughs> and they're like, what? You're leaving in the middle of the audition? It was the final audition, too. But, right. Um, but you I got, got that stuck. part? I, yeah, that's how, that's how I got the lead. Wow. <laughs> hey, you, you got the lead because you were so bold because no one do this I, I don't think no one does that in america but um no one does that in japan definitely yeah. and not. i think okay. i think it was it was because i was luck i mean it was a story about a returnee about a kid mm. it was a, it was based on a true story about this japanese kid that was raised in florida mm. and at that time in the 19, it was 1986 at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, returnees were a big problem in Japan still. Yes, like me. Yes, like getting <laughs> bullied, this, that, a lot of the stuff. And this was a true story about this kid that really got bullied and then he mm. had to go back. Um, and it was a story about him. And at the audition, it was one other actor and me. And the other actor, I think he really wanted to act because he was acting. Like, mm. and I was getting goosebumps because I was like, oh my God, it's so, oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> okay, it was so cringy. Cringe worthy. <laughs> Very corny. Than, and it's okay, like, okay, I, okay, calm down a bit. But I just read to the person in front of me who ended up to be the director. And that's, and then I just got stuck and then I had to go. And so I was just genuinely, you know, just being a regular kid. Um, a difficult kid. <laughs> very simple kid that's a that's actually kind of a returnee in a way right um, right and then i just left <laughs> but interesting they should have made a film about me 
because I was an overseas returnee as well when I was. So I lived, you know, until I was eighteen. I was in. What's that like? This is my my naivety. Is is when you you said going back and forth, uh, yeah. returning, right? What's that yes, like, Kim? Yes. Eugene, what is well, I mean, that mean? imagine what happens? so imagine yourself uh, being raised abroad, Jeremiah, and and you you're you're an American citizen, and you go back. To, well, you actually go to America. For, for almost the first time when you're 18, you kind of speak English, but you don't. You speak better Japanese than you say say you look, right? So I was a Japanese looking like a Japanese, but I was a very with dodgy Japanese that couldn't <laughs> really read the, the kanji like Eugene. Um, so I would get stuck if I had to read something. Um, I had difficulties getting on a train because I couldn't read the the destinations, because back in that, back in the early 90s, like early 90s, most of the train stations were all in Japanese. Hardly any of the station had English. Now, mm. now most of the stations have English language so that people can, there's a lot of travelers that come into Japan now, but back in the day, it wasn't. So everything was challenging. So imagine yourself on the flip side of you going, coming back to well, going to the United States, say going to LA, coming to LA, 18. It's all exciting. It was full of excitement. You know, I, I was, you, you were finding things about yourself, your roots, yeah. your culture for the almost the first time. And mind blowing, eye opening. You meet different kinds of people that you've never met because you've always grown up abroad and you don't meet the people in America, say. So I grew up in the UK. All my friends were English or non non Japanese, anyways. Very um, international. And then you go back to a very monocultural country, mm. very Japan. Japan is very monocultural. Um, people say it's international, but it really isn't. Um, <laughs> it still isn't. Uh, right, right. Um, Would you guys have it any other way, Eugene and or Kimmy? I mean, if you had to do it over, would you, would you choose? And you knew the differences and what you had to go through. Would you, would you choose that again, or would you? How I would, would you? Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. you, Eugene? Yeah, I just would try not to fight so much. <laughs> Take it <laughs> easy. Chill out. Did, did you get a lot of fights with kids yeah, here in America? Yeah. yeah. And then and after I did countries? after the the first TV thing, because I get bullied in the TV show. Oh um, goodness. So then when I'm riding the train, some guy would suddenly, he'll be holding onto the handle and then drop his hand on my head. And then I would have to go, go at him because he would think I'm the kid in the show that's getting bullied by everybody getting his ass whooped every day. And then so you get picked back. on, they would, they would test you. Yeah. Oh, so, so I would have to so go. So people wild. recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. That you're on the show. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> it sounds oh, wow. terrible. Sounds like you get hit in the back of the head a lot. I <laughs> did when I was a kid, actually. <laughs> in Hollywood, too. <laughs> Makeup chair. Hey, we got to take a real quick break. We are with Eugene Nomura. He's an actor, he's a producer. You can find him on Instagram at Eugene Nomura. I'm going to spell it E U G E N E N O M U R A. It's all one word. His coming projects. Uh, he's on Tokyo Vice right now. You can catch him on Max. It's season two, and it's a great, great, great show. And then season two is starting off with a bang. 
Uh, check them both out. We're going to be right back. This is the Kimmy Kato Show with Eugene Nomura. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. To be a crime reporter in Japan. Why? You think because you're a foreigner, the roads are different? You like busting my balls, huh? <laughs> it is the great joy of my life. Giving up and going home is not an option. You know what I mean? You know exactly what you mean. Konomachino Honto no Sugatao Uranoskumi Oshiritaindes. Keep up, will ya? There is a lot going on here. Subscribe and always be in the no crowd. Welcome back to the Kimi Kato Show. We've got Tokyo Vice, uh, uh, who plays uh, Eugene Nomura, who plays Kobayashi, who is Oyalan Yoshida's right-hand Yakuza in Toyo Tokyo Vice Season 2. The Yakuza, I had to look this up, also known as Gokudo, are members of the transitional organized crime syndicates originating in Japan. All right, so if you haven't seen Tokyo Vice, you got to check it out. Season one and two are on Max right now. Again, our special guest on the Kimikato show today is Eugene Nomura, and uh, again plays Kobayashi. Um, so here's the plot line. This is this this show is hot. I love it. Inspired by a true account of an American journalist, Jake Adelstein, Tokyo Vice introduced the viewers to a neon washed world of the criminal underbelly of tokyo in season one and we met jake he's a determined young journalist who teamed up with detective katagiri 
to uncover a dangerous story about a deadly crime boss. Now, in season two, Adelstein gets swept up in the underworld once again, and he realizes just how much is on the line this time. Season two of Tokyo Vice also introduces new challenges and character growth well, through the storyline. It's a powerful story that's leading to more complex and compelling storytelling. Um, their authentic locations, I love this, Kimmy and Eugene, play such a vital role in bringing this 90s world of Japan, uh, life in Japan and in Tokyo um, to the screen and to life, showcasing the detailed and immersive production design. So uh, what a unique, I mean, the 90s are hot again, and this is shot of the 90s and it's just beautiful. Uh, Kimmy, I'm gonna turn it back over to you and welcome back, Eugene. All right. Yeah, I wanted to really talk about Tokyo Vice. I saw the series, I saw the first season. I'm on to the second. Oh. Um, we're, we're halfway through, aren't we? I think. Um, yeah. I think we're on episode four. We just yes. finished. It's on every Thursday. Do check it out if you've not seen it. It's brilliant. It really talks about, I mean, it showcases Japan as a whole, but also talks the, the, the underneath what you see uh, of of Japan, Japan you know, is seen the as the dark very, underbelly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Japan is always seen as a polite, safe place that people want to go as a destination. People love Tokyo. Even people in Japan love Japan. But you know, there's there's always the underneath. Um, mm -hmm. There's if there's a plus, there's a minus. If there's good, there's always bad. And um, Yakuza is deeply rooted in the Japan Japanese society. I can't talk much about it because I've not I've, I've been away from <laughs> I haven't grown up in Japan, but I do know about them. Um I do have actually I do have friends in the police force that actually fight against the yakuzas who mm. and they actually look like yakuzas. It's interesting yes, how, how yes, these yes. and I'm talking about detectives that there are, you know, like Ken Watanabe on the film, he looks like a Yakuza, but I've seen actual real police people, like detective, police force, that, that who have to deal with these these organized crime syndicates, they actually begin to look like them. <laughs> um, anyways. Sometimes, yeah, they look they look even more sometimes yeah. than they look the gangster. actual Yakuza. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But um, so... Eugene, you are you play Kobayashi, yes. who's Oyabun's Ishida's right hand guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you look like a badass, and um, <coughs> how did you get that role? That role, um, Tokyo Vice. I have a I have a history with this actually. Uh, before this became a series, uh, this was a film project. And the original uh, producer, he's also the executive producer for this. Uh, his name's John Lesher. Um, we, we spoke about this project years ago, uh, probably, about, uh, eight, probably close to 10 years ago. Wow. And we actually did a recce and we went to Japan and we looked and I showed him the real Japan. Um, um, we had interviews, we went to see... Um, some tattoo artist in this real small place in that tatami mat and when we went i think it was an actual guy uh with tat tattoos and he looked pretty scary 
but we were watching him getting tattooed. Well, anyway, there's a lot of uh, real stuff involved. So, and then this was ten years ago. I think so. Yes, and it was supposed to wow. be a, a film um, at the time, and then things didn't work out at the time uh, because of the subject matter. Because this is inspired by a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of, and Jake actually lives in Japan. We met with Jake and all that stuff. Wow. Um, so I was kind of more on the producing side, actually, in the very beginning. And then, and then uh, years passed, and then Lesher gave me a call, and he's like, uh, "It's back up, but it's actually not a film, and uh, it might be good if I can get some advice about Japan." So sure, and that's kind of how I started, and then. Um, I was like, if you you know you need good actors for this, because I know the project, I know it well, um, and it's during my time when I was in Japan actually, so mm. I know in that the nineties, yeah, really well, because it's right when I was about nineteen twenty around then. So it was after high school. I know all the places they are using for the shoots in Rapungi and this and that. That's where I grew up. Um, so it's, it's intertwined with a lot of our personal lives. And then, so, uh, I had, uh, them hire a casting director, which is actually my mother in Japan. Her name is Yoko Narahashi. She's, uh, she's been in the business for the longest time. She does all the, she brought all the Japanese actors to the U.S. in the beginning with, with, including Ken Watanabe and from Last Samurai and all that stuff. But anyway, so then, so they ended up uh, hiring her as a casting director, and I was like, okay, good luck. And then um, I heard about uh, I had to bring I think a Japanese actor to Michael Mann, and then I ended up but he was like audition, so I ended up auditioning right there and then, and then and then he wanted me to. Uh, audition again so I, I ended up auditioning several times uh, and at the time I was in Japan produce helping produce mass singer for Amazon um, so I was doing that and then they were still casting for um, Tokyo Vice in Japan and then and then I got called in again <laughs> I did it and then I guess I got the part and then uh, I was back in LA and they're like can you can you just go? So I'm like, okay. Um, so I flew back in to Japan, and that's when season one started. But there's a whole big issue with with COVID at the time, and so we started shooting. Michael Mann was there, which was a dream come true because he was one of my dream directors, and he was awesome. He was just he's brilliant. He's so good with the actors. It's it's incredible. But anyway, so we started shooting, but and then I think the first two weeks, COVID hit, so we had to stop. And so we stopped everything. So I f- we and then we flew back, and it just stopped for months and months and months. And then I think that was in January or February, and then we started in two thousand twenty, resho- right? Yeah, and then we started reshooting in November. But during that time, uh, because Japanese actors keep working constantly on TV, whatever, this, 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 um, there was a cast change. <laughs> like, and so now it's, it's more like fate. The guys that are in, in it now, 
you know, they got those roles with fate and they, you know, it's changed their lives working on an international series. But that's kind of one of the reasons how I joined and how I'm kind of hanging around that set all the time. How long did it take to film the first season? Um, so January and then about six months or so, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Amy, do you mind if I ask a question? Absolutely. Go ahead. One of the things that I love about uh, Tokyo Vice is the English to Japanese and and vice versa. Um, did you guys ever see that movie Drops of God? The sake one. Dro yeah, it was yeah, like the wine. It was filmed in Japan. Yeah, wine. Yeah, yeah, wine. Yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. did the casting for that too. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. so that was the first time I'd really seen like English to French to Japanese, and it's so beautiful. And I actually really it, and so it is in Tokyo Vice as well. I, I really love how how that's the, I don't know, you know, the sounds and the and the translation. And it's I think it's so beautiful. It's, it actually adds a whole other texture to the film. Yeah, so you, I think it's 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 because I mean even Drops of God too because uh, one of the producers for Drops of God. Um, she's French and she's a good friend. Um, and so she, she's French, French, so she knows a lot about France. And so she knows how it's, you know, to mix cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, in many, she's not just American in many ways. So with Tokyo Vice, John Lesher too, he studied in Japan for a while and stuff. So he knows Japan. So there's that respect for the cultures as right. well. So, and, and then you had... Michael Mann, who came in to Japan, and he asked so many questions to, I think, everybody. But he got, and he wanted to be authentic, and he, I mean, that's why he was so great. You know, he would have this, mm -hmm. and he would watch it, and then, mm -hmm. and then come up with ideas how to direct it and stuff. But he would be like, no, 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 forget all the, you know, explanatory stuff. Let's cut that stuff, and let's get to it. Um, so it was, I think, you know, the people that are, or orchestrating all this are the ones that are in many ways bicultural as well so they have that that and plus to to keep it authentic is how to you know keep it real and to keep it right. good and so i think that the balance really worked out and it, you know now this day and age with the streaming it's it's like bicultural everywhere so yeah and it's so interesting it just adds a whole nother depth to it to the whole thing i think it's just um i don't know i'm really enjoying it uh, so we got to take another real quick quick break here um but i wanted to maybe we can think you guys can both this is a question for both kimmy and eugene from my perspective kind of looking in here you guys have a long-term friendship and a deep respect for each other but you really both feel like to me you're trying to accomplish in a way in your own respective mediums some of the th same goals um me being um, introducing the two cultures, right? Kimmy through music, bringing bringing the music from Japan and 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 vice versa, American music to Japan, um, and trying to break down walls within the entertainment industry. And Eugene, you with uh, your films and your production work and your acting, feels like you guys are doing the same thing in a way, which must make for one of the reasons you're you're such great friends. But I think that's so interesting. And I'm wondering why both of you have that passion and that desire to do that, to bring kind of the two worlds together. And we can 
maybe you can answer that on the other side of the break here. Okay. All right. We, uh, it's a Kimmy Kato show. I'm Jeremiah. I'm hanging out with Kimmy. I'm a sidekick. He lets me hang out with him on the show for now. <laughs> Our special guest is Eugene Nomura. He's an actor and he's a producer. He's a voiceover artist. You can probably tell by his uh, really great voice. You can find him and follow him on Instagram. Keep up with everything that he's doing at Eugene Nomura. It's uh, E-U-G-E-N-E-N-O-M-U-R-A. Uh, Tokyo Vice is on Max right now. He's in season two, season one, season two. It's out now and stream it, binge it. Uh, join Kimmy and I on some late nights here. We're each streaming it from our L.A., Santa Barbara, all around the world. It's a great show. Again, Eugene Nomura is our special guest today on the Kimmy Kato Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Tokyo Vice. It's on Max in the U.S. Uh, in Japan, it's Wow Wow. I don't know about all the rest of the world, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, season two. Um, I have short hair. I'm playing a Yakuza, Kobayashi. Uh, please go take a look. Thank you. And you are listening to the Kimi Kato Show. Like to watch? Subscribe to The Jeremiah Show on YouTube. Kato Show. I am Jeremiah. Our special guest today on the show is Eugene Nomura. He's an actor, producer. His upcoming projects, he's got Touch. It's a film directed by the great director Balthazar Komrakur in theaters July 2024. And right now you can catch him on Tokyo Vice season two. It's on Max. Welcome back, Kimmy. Welcome back, Eugene. Thanks for being on, Eugene. Much appreciated. So I really wanted to get into the little bit of nitty-gritty of the of the Tokyo Vice. Can you talk about some of the behind the scenes? Yeah, um, there's many because we I think in season one we started with the ceremony, a yakuza ceremony, 
and so we have this expert that comes in and um, I mean there's so many aspects because of the 90s our wardrobe is very old-style suits um, it's like kind of like I mean it's not weighed down to like the 60s 70s but it's that early late 80s kind of fashion Yakuza fashion with the shades and lots of uh, gold jewelry etc so it's like every time we kind of smack people around it really hurts because <laughs> of the rings and stuff <laughs> but we were it was yeah it was it was really interesting because um it was kind of i think a lot of actors uh in in the ceremony about maybe a hundred something actors and there were fighters in there and then there's these old old time yakuza actors that are in a bunch of yakuza films in japan that are all there but they're kind of all nervous it's michael mann it's the guy who directed heat so they're like oh my god he's a hero and so they're all nervous and and we're doing this scene where it's like really traditional and there's this guy how to pour the sake and how to drink the sake and when to clap and how to clap and there's a lot of the um rules within the 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 organizer yakuza of of respect your elders respect your oyabu but at the same time if there's anything we'll go and kill them so there's that kind of um tradition that we all kind of have to learn relearn um even though you know we're japanese it's not like we know everything obviously and then so we went back to study it a little more um and then Mike, Michael would, would be, you know, studying it really hard. So we would all be even more and be like, no, we wouldn't do it this way or we would not do it this way. Or there'll be issues with, um, can you just hit this way to this guy? No, he's lower rank. So we wouldn't talk to him in this certain way. So there's so many. Um, Customs like in and Japanese, rules, right? There's, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, there's 20 ways to say you in Japanese, you know, at the other person's older respectful you say it a certain way they're older but they're not they're at a lower rank you have a certain way or if it's a female you know there's so many different ways and so many traditions and a lot of depth and with the culture so all that kind of came in and then learning the u.s way of shooting which was interesting and it's a mixed team of crew so there's a bunch of japanese people from the japan side and then the u.s crew and it's a it's a teamwork tie up um and so there everybody was learning and to to every every crew like the camera crew there would be a translator who would be there trying to help get between you know so there's no frustration but there's uh, i mean it was hard work for everybody i think in the beginning and then once the team kind of got set, I think it was really interesting, and everybody kind of got it. I think. So the camera crew was Japanese, or it's or, it's uh, yeah. they're mainly Japanese crew, but the main right. main yeah. crew people came from the U.S. Right. right. So then it's it's a it's a collab already with every department. Wow, who was who was the main guy other than you that was bridging this? Yeah. No, there were several, several, several people. There was a, a whole team of translators um, that are bicultural, but you know, they, some of them, it was the first time just joining. There will be people that are translating on set, but it's interesting because there's like a lot of um, 
it's not just translations, like mm-hmm. regular translations, because it's about right. acting or it's, it's, you know, so there's specific translations that you don't need to translate. No, it's like this, it's this feel kind of a thing. Or, so that's a whole different ballgame. But I think, uh, you know, as there was a lot of frustration in the beginning, I think, uh, you know, in the crew and in, in, within the cast too. Um, and the way we shoot in Japan is different from the U.S. So then most of the time the camera will be rolling. And in Japan you start with, and they have the slate and they go, Ka-ching! and then you start. Right, right, right. But cut. Yeah, in the U.S. it's a, it's a rolling, okay, action. And then you kind of go into it naturally. So then everybody's like, hmm? <laughs> oh, it started already? <laughs> you know, so it's like this whole different way. Oh, wow. But we, which I think we which all way do you like better? Which way I you actually, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with both, but sometimes um, it depends, really. But like, I was used to, because in, in the Japan one, they would be like, they'll really slash right. the slate together. So it's like, ka-ching! It's, it's <laughs> we're like, hum which right. is like rolling, here we go, boom, and then we go. So it'd be like, ah, you kind of have to kickstart, really. But in the US way, it's more calm, it's naturally, you kind of roll into gradually it, right. get in there. Right, right. So I think it's it's good in both ways, but I think a lot of the Japanese actors are like, oh, we're going again. Oh, we're going through the whole scene? Like in Japan, they would cut shots in bits and pieces. So it's like to save time and money. So they would kind of just cut it in pieces. So it's like, you know, what a shot at a time and you just keep going. But in the US, you would shoot the whole scene. So then some of the actors would be like, I haven't learned all the lines. Or it's like, come on, that's common sense. You have to know your lines. Like, I, I didn't think we would go this whole scene. <laughs> and then we would go, you know, many times. And as you know, it's Michael Mann. So there would be times where we would go all night. Um, and then they'd be like, oh, we're getting to the Are we even in the shot? Are we not in the shot? No one knows. And things like that. But it was a, I think it was a learning experience for everybody. And I think the team kind of came together. The U.S. cast came in. I mean, Ansel was great. I mean, he's really such a hardworking, lovely human being, lovely actor. Um, Rachel. Keller as well. She's playing Samantha. She's lovely. And they're all, you know, they're studying their Japanese. Ansel couldn't speak not anything until he joined Tokyo Vice. Now he could speak. You mean wow. at the wow. press conference or whatever. He'll be he'll be talking. And then In Japanese. Ken-san, yeah, in Japanese. And then Ken-san would be like, hey, 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 you're talking too much. You know, <laughs> Ken Watanabe would be like, hey, hey, yeah. let, let me talk a bit. <laughs> you know, so it's <laughs> But it's great. I think wow, it's... so they, both Samantha and Jake, they, they, they couldn't speak Japanese. They didn't no. really know anything about Japan when until they came on. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they studied it. it. it and, you know, he's been studying, I think, like four or five hours a day. Um, yeah, he's a pro. He's, he's lovely. He's lovely. And even like uh, Alan Pohl, too. He was... Um, He's a veteran producer, director. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of TV. And for a lot of the Japanese folks, um, he helped with um, Black Rain, which wow. was one of the films way back when yeah. one, you know a Japanese actor was in there. And 
Kimiku and my friend and senpai, uh, Mata. Nice. <laughs> this guy, there's a producer called Mata. Our, um, our Oyebun. Yeah. And he's, he, he was working on that project so with Alan Paul. So mm -hmm. they know each other. So Alan knows Japan in that sense. So I think it's, it's good that, you know, the people that are working on it know both, you know. So it's interesting, I think. Amazing. How long did it take for everyone to kind of feel like they're in the, in the right place? Where I think after the first episode, when mm -hmm. Michael okay. Mann set the tone for all of us, I think. And then for the second episode, Joseph, um, Joseph, the Kubota, this director, he, he's wonderful too. He has some Japanese in him. Um, he's lovely. He's a lovely director. And Michael was the guy with the energy and, you know, come. And then Joseph would be like, okay, let's go. And he would be calm. So he'd be like, oh, it's so peaceful. This, this episode's so peaceful. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was great. It was great. I mean, they were lovely, lovely, lovely directors and lovely crew, which I think was great for all the Japanese actors. And the show is still going on. Yes. It's great. It's, on it's great. Episode four, uh, season yes. two. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see the next one. Well, speaking of that, let's let's uh, let's take another quick break here. This is our final break. We're on the Kimmy Kato show. Special guest Kimmy's special guest is Eugene Namora. He's an actor and producer. You can follow him on Instagram at Eugene Namora. He's a Tokyo Vice right now, season two on Max and Touch, a film dedicated, uh, directed, excuse me, by Balthazar Kormakor in theaters, July twenty twenty four. Um, we will be right back, and you guys uh, maybe you can answer the question: What drives you to do to bridge this cultural divide in the entertainment business for me? We'll come back. We'll be right back. Exactly. Do you do all day? I chase down stories. What do you love most about your job? I'd say the unpredictability of it. Never knowing what's coming next. Jack, you did not come to Tokyo in pursuit of one. There are other stories, other crimes to be exposed. That is your job. If you saw anything that can help me, now's my chance 
saw a tattoo. You know I'm on something. Chase it. Tell no one. Before the next great song plays, let's pause to consider all the people who work tirelessly to bring us the music we love. Music Cares is music's leading national charity that provides a safety net of support and crisis relief for the music community. Everyone from musicians to tour managers, sound engineers to designers can rely on Music Cares to provide emergency financial assistance and essential resources in times of need. Find out how you can help at musiccares.org. That's M-U-S-I-C-A-R-E-S dot org. Welcome back to the Kimmy Kato Show. I'm Jeremiah. Our uh, special guest today on the Kimmy Kato Show is Eugene Inamora. He's an actor and a producer. Uh, he's in Tokyo Vice on Max season two, season one and two. And you got to check the show out if you haven't seen it. It is really, really good. Um, one of my new favorites, Kimmy uh, and Eugene, I was just curious. I'm, I'm very curious about you both grew up biculturally. You both... Um, we're exposed to a lot of things in Japan and, and the States and the UK. And it seems to me that I could be wrong, but that you are living almost your friends. You're almost living parallel lives in the, in your respected industries, Kimmy and music, uh, Eugene and, and te television film production. Um, and you're one of the goals you both stated is that you want to bridge this cultural divide and, and um, build up the Japanese film uh industry and same with music kimmy mm -hmm. why where does that come from where does that drive come from if you guys you know question for both of you if you don't mind oh uh, well, yeah i'd I... love to hear from eugene first <laughs> um. well i'm i think i want in the very beginning it was i just as i started experiencing a lot of things in japan and i started feeling um a bit of suffocation a bit of there's only one way to do it this is the way this is the correct way and i didn't agree and i thought there was many many more ways to make this even more a, a much a much better place for creative people um a better place so actors can really act get into the stuff more instead of always trying to be liked or trying to fit in um, i think that's part of the culture but I think now it's the time to really spread out and challenge ourselves as a Japanese person to really go out to the world and then also let the world come in. Um, it's kind of that time when Japan really has to open up their doors um, in many ways, not just business, uh, but creatively, because there's, there's Japanese people are really good with so many things. And if they can mix with the foreign countries, ideas, great creativity, I think they could, they could soar much more as well. And I think the world can feel more of Japan in that way. 
with actors and directors, etc. I ditto that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you you wrapped it up amazingly. I think um, I agree. Well, you're with both you. doing that. You're both really doing that. From my perspective, Kimmy, thank you for allowing me to do this show with you because it's for me it's eye opening. But I'm also it's not just on the show. I'm starting to see more Japanese films. I'm starting to see more. Um, I don't know, more exposure everywhere. And, you know, from commercials to television to, to, to film and, and music. Uh, I, I just thank both of you for your gift and for you taking this on and it's working. What you're doing is working. Um, so I just want to thank both of you for doing that. Oh, and thank you. Thank opening you. my eyes and ears. And no, I hey, think Timmy, you've yeah. got a couple of minutes left, so I'll just shut up now and let you guys finish up. <laughs> oh no no totally um i think eugene i think you are a visionary who can project with passion and you have a sharp and fresh approach to international entertainment and as well as japanese entertainment and um you are ultimately providing a more real awareness to 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 the to the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole including film and music etc but um, I agree with you in, in the fact that um, I think we, because we both grew up in bicultural um, mm -hmm. situations, we, I think we ended up like this um, inevitably. <laughs> I don't yes. think we wanted, uh, yes, we wanted to be, but we found our place here where we kind of feel that there are goodness. There are great things about America. There's great things about international um, creativity and greatness in Japan as well. And mm -hmm. they seem to be siloed most of the time. It was this. Some sometimes it was disconnected. Um, but by connecting both cultures, you get things that are better. Um, and connecting both goodness and and obviously obviously everything isn't good uh, everything there there <laughs> are goodness good side and the bad side but by connecting and seeing each other and by understanding the green side of the, the mm -hmm. everything you know, things you see the the goodness in the other side um yes. by connecting that i i feel that we're doing better things to the world and yeah. that's how we think... ended up I think like, you know, I mean, you're doing that with music as well. And then with like, you know, even like producing Mass Singer, which has nothing to do with acting for me. Um, but that was a whole learning experience as well, because uh, the U.S. wants it a certain way. Japan has been doing it a certain way. And then there was so much frustration there. And then I jumped in and kind of glued it together. And then the energy soared and I saw it happen. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was amazing. It was such a good experience um, for everybody. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to do is to glue the good parts together so it makes it work in a very good way. Um, and then when, it, when they see it work, when both sides experience it, they learn and they, want, they know, oh, it's, they need to take that extra step to accept and to understand both sides. Um, but I think that's kind of what we have ended up <laughs> here to do. Um, 
Well, I think your knowledge. Well, thank you both. In the, yeah, your knowledge in the U.S. and the entertainment in the Japanese entertainment business. I think you are making a real change to the Japanese and the TV film in in Japan. So much more to come. So much yes. excitement. Uh, I love what you do, um, and so I hope you keep doing it. You too. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yes, need to I go will. out more often too. Oh yes. <laughs> You need to come out to LA. I know you're yes, yes. a bit far out, but uh, <laughs> a bit more. Well, uh, and I'll just throw my hat in there. I'll go with you guys if you. Want. Oh no, we should. No, we should all yes. go. Nothing like somebody that invites himself along, right? Or we could go all go to Santa Barbara. Yeah, we all yeah, go to Santa Barbara. Yeah, there's a good idea. That's lovely. I love that place. <laughs> hey, th what a great conversation, uh, both of you guys. Jimmy, another wonderful show. Do you know what's coming up next? Or can you tease everybody what your I next show no is? I have no idea. I need to come <laughs> think about it. Okay. <laughs> Eugene, it's so nice to meet you. I'll let you say nice goodbye, to meet Kimmy. You too. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you much, Eugene. Much. I'm Thank much appreciated. You. Take care. I'll see you soon. Yes. Kimikato Show is brought to you by Evolve Entertainment and The Jeremiah Show. Host Kimikato, Executive Producer Jeremiah D. Higgins, Announcer, Producer and Sound Engineer Jim Siriani. The Kimikato Show is also brought to you by Project Asteri, a boutique artist management and label. From Japanese artists looking to go international or international artists aiming for expansion in Japan, our team will be the robust bridge that paves the way for artists to increase and bolster exposure across borders. Visit projectasseri.com. The Kimikato Show is also brought to you by the Agency for Cultural Affairs Japan. We protect, utilize, and build a new future for the culture and arts created by our ancestors. Our mission at the Agency for Cultural Affairs is to communicate Japan's culture and arts to the world and pass them down to the next generations. Find out more at the Agency for Cultural Affairs Japan. Visit bunka.go.jp. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.